Right, so let's get the business. My name is Chuck Ghost, host of CultureCom The Cocktails and Senior Strategic Advisor at Social Chorus. And I recognize that in this new world we're in, podcast listenership has dropped a little bit. So we're gonna do a little double duty and do an experiment here with this episode. Uh, you can keep listening where you're subscribed. So if you're hearing this on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, you're all good. You can also watch this interview on Social Chorus's social channels or at socialchorus.com. So make sure you check it out there. Um, I also know you want to hear directly from communicators on how they're managing crisis comms efforts and what's next. So I've invited a communicator from Train Technologies to join me today. Uh, so to bring our guest on, your name is? I am Susan Cleveland. And your job is? I lead enterprise employee communications for Train Technologies. And your favorite cocktail is? <laughs> It's a little bit of a tough question. Um, I'm a very mood-based, <laughs> um, have a very mood-based preference. So if uh, I'm in the mood for a good old beer, I tend to go kind of toward an IPA, but have also kind of recently discovered um, peanut butter whiskey. Um, mm. For hardcore whiskey drinkers, they're probably like, you got to be kidding. Um, but for me, it's good just on a, you know, on the rocks, a nice little sipping um, cocktail. Pretty little simple. sweetness there. I have not heard of peanut butter whiskey, so we'll, we'll add that, certainly add that yeah. to the list. But thank you for taking time in this crazy world we're all in now. Uh, so what I want to just level set for everybody who's listening, Train Technologies is a brand new company, but also yet isn't a brand new company. And what a weird time to be doing that transition. So explain this for those listening and watching. Yeah, and... Um... There are very few people in their career that will say they've gone through a reverse Morris Trust or RMT. Um, I don't know whether to call this a boast or a, um, you know, never do this again um, statement, but this will be my second RMT and as much as um, a couple of employers. So that's basically what we did was a pretty complex transaction. Ingersoll Rand is a 140 plus year old company. Um, you know, we've got uh, brands from Ingersoll Rand to Train um, and Thermo King as some of the brands that people would be familiar with. We decided about a year ago to spin off our industrial business, which is the business that goes to market as Ingersoll Rand, and merge that business with another industrial company called Gardner Denver. Those two companies would combine to be a standalone company and would also take the name Ingersoll Rand. So what that meant is it left the climate business that included Train and uh, Thermo King um, as a standalone business, still a pretty healthy sized business at around 16 million in revenue and um, just north of 30,000 employees. Um, it left us uh, working through our own transformation of who we we're gonna be as a standalone company focused on climate innovation as well as needing a name. So we went through a fairly significant branding exercise, did just announce late last year, we were gonna be called Train Technologies. And um, then the deal or the transaction officially closed on uh, February 28th. So our day one as Train Technologies was officially March 2nd, um, a Monday, not that long ago. Well, in March 2nd now, I think at times seems like two years ago, based on all the news and what we've gone through. 
And on this day, which is obviously very well-timed, I'm sure not uh, coincidental, you went live with a brand new internal comms platform called Climate Zone. Mm -hmm. So what has it meant to have Climate Zone in place or putting it, I guess, in place during this health crisis? I mean, it's really not an uh, over-exaggeration to say it's been a bit of a game changer for us. Um, as we were working through the business case for the investment, uh, crisis communications uh, was a big part of that. Uh, obviously, connecting with our employees, modernizing our platform, enabling effective leadership communication was a big, big chunk too. But you know, in the past, as you think about hurricanes, right? That's been kind of the the crisis that we've dealt with over the last few years, um, even internationally. Uh, Facebook pages had been kind of the best option for mm -hmm. reaching employees in the moment, um, get, connecting them with resources and with the with our operations. So this was a um, a big step in that direction. It just caught us at a moment where we weren't really a hundred percent fully adopted. Like any company, when you when you begin working with Social Chorus and you have a growth plan, we had done. Um, a pilot with one of our larger operations in Texas, one of our larger plants, um, to see what we could learn, right? And then replicate and start putting ourselves on a growth plan. Um, but uh, we've, we've accelerated that um, considerably. And so how did leadership and the, the comms team there respond? to this, like what, what, where was that enthusiasm or excitement or energy put? And perhaps even more importantly, what feedback have you gotten from employees about having Climate Zone in place? Yeah, the feedback's been very positive. Um, on the first week, we were at around a third um, adoption across our employee population. Uh, again, that was um, more heavily weighted. It was about 50% of our salaried population that was included in that. Um, since, you know, that was kind of our tech ready, uh, population, um, which includes a combination of the app as well as the web experience. We did integrate, um, with our homepage. So, um, for, for our internet. So that's, a uh, you know, still continues to be a critical delivery mechanism for us. Um, but since then we're, we are nearing, um, 50%. We're just a little south of 50%, um, total adoption. So I think, that alone is an expression of there was a, an appetite for this type of platform and tool. Um, because we've accelerated our operations in the last week and a half, our team has trained 15 of our site leaders um, in our operations in the Americas on a setting up a local channel for their plants. Um, we've streamlined kind of what their capability is to try to meet a very you know immediate need. Um, and get them rapidly onboarded. Um, and, but it's been incredibly easy to feedback from those leaders even, you know, who their day job is not communications, it's HR, plant, plant operations, have been just amazed at how easy it really is. Um, so we're, we're anticipating that we're gonna see a fairly good spike, um, you know, kind of out of necessity in our hourly population coming on board here in the coming days. Um, as we bring those 15 sites on pretty quickly. And if you had to think back, 
what channels or how would the company have responded in this time if Climate Zone hadn't been available? It's it's hard to go back and maybe anticipate that, but yeah, what would that response have looked like? It's a little scary to even think about, <laughs> quite honestly. Um, one of the reasons we moved so fast with the plants, again, was they were starting to think about bringing old private Facebook pages back. And, you know, for us, that while that's a great tool, and certainly accessible for people, it, it, you know, it makes it challenging for us to know um, kind of how the message is being controlled. We don't have access to those, those local channels. So, um, so that was one way for us to really streamline um, and, uh, you know, kind of focus our efforts in one place. Um, I, I, it's hard to express even just how much time it took us to get simple things out the door. Um, videos, uh, here we are doing a video versus a, a, a podcast, a kind of a traditional audio podcast. Our leaders have been embracing homemade, um, self-made videos because they're at home without us. Um, so it's been a great, um, steep learning curve for everybody on the technology front. But, you know, I mean, at the at the tip of my fingers is the capability um, for either them to upload it directly or for me to upload it um, very, very quickly and do the simple fine tuning that's needed um, and getting it out the door because speed over perfection is kind of where we are. That's a great point, Susan. I had not thought of that around where for, long, for a long time, communicators have been encouraging leaders to do more communication themselves and then leaders have defaulted to relying on the communicators to do it for them. Mm -hmm. And we are in this world now where there is no elaborate video setup to be done in someone's office or to get the lighting perfect for them, for those leaders that thought that was important. They are now having to embrace this new world and their own communication efforts. And a platform like Climate Zone facilitates that perfectly for them. Yeah. Yeah, I think our employees are sort of really appreciating sort of being invited to our leaders' homes. Um, you know, it's almost, uh, it hasn't become a thing yet, but I'm anticipating as our CEO does more videos from home and he moves about different locations. <laughs> uh, it's going to be like, where is Mike next <laughs> as he comes to you from home? Uh, so now that this world of, of COVID-19 is, is sadly becoming a bit more normal for us, everybody was in very much reaction mode getting information out. Now it's reinforcing information and giving people updates. I know you guys entered launching Climate Zone at a, at a, at a very fortuitous time, but also a very odd time. Mm -hmm. How much of the communication in there is COVID-19 and coronavirus related or themed versus kind of the stuff that's business as usual, or is that still a transition that's happening? Uh, we're, we're, Business as usual does not look like business as usual right now, um, you know, because, I mean, we rolled right out of our day one messaging about, you know, new brand, new purpose, or kind of refresh purpose um, around sustainability, right into um, kind of the, the ramp up on crisis um, communications. And, you know, so we've, we've really had to do a balance and figure out, you know, what's what's sensitive to the, the kind of world we're in right now. Um, one example is where, you know, again, as a company, we've made a very strong commitment to sustainability. Um, and Earth Day is coming up here next week. 
so normally that'd be a time where we're really kind of putting together a pretty robust set of content and trying to think about using a tool like Climate Zone to really engage employees, both as social advocates and um, you know storytellers and doers. And uh, you know we're we're kind of having to take a different look at that. So we're really looking through the lens right now of what is. Um, what's important to, to be thinking about as you're sitting in a work from home environment? What are the things that you can do um, for the climate that are things you can do right there in the space that we're all operating in? Um, so a little different um, versus kind of cutting down on your commute time. It doesn't make a lot of sense as a message goes right now. So, so we're not scrapping it. We're really rethinking thinking it a little bit. We are scaling it back, I will say. There's a, you know, definitely, um, you know, too much would be too much. Um, but well over, I ran a report last night, um, letting our executives know kind of where we are on crisis communications. And we've been tagging um, our coronavirus communications as an initiative, so that it's easy for us to run a report on our initiative content, so we can very clearly see everything that's within that space. And it's, it's well over 50% of our um, content right now. And how would, would you have even been able to run reports like that in the past? Like, what is this having this data? Not what does this mean to you as communicators? And what does it mean to your leaders that you can now share this kind of data? Yeah, you know, again, we're, we're literally at the tip of the iceberg as users. I mean, we're just a little over 30 days in with really utilizing and um, kind of being fully up and running with the tool and the platform. Um, so we're still even kind of playing around with the reporting capabilities, but absolutely not before I would have had to, we would have had to do a fairly Herculean effort to kind of build a manual tracking um, mechanism. So, you know, the initiatives reporting came out just in the nick of time um, and we quickly kind of switched that gear to make sure we were tracking everything in that initiative space because um, we really hadn't outlined kind of what our initiatives were going to be um, more tied to our strategic themes. Um, this has really kind of taken uh, the front seat but it's been very powerful. I'm excited to kind of dig into the next level of analytics quite honestly and look at you know, what content's performing best? Why is it more engaging? Is it because it, you know, often our CEO messages are our most engaged. That has kind of always been the case. Um, but, you know, we're starting to see things and pushing ourselves on, you know, was it the visual? Was it the, was it the headline? Is it the, the piece of content itself that drove, you know, a lot more commenting? Um, we're still working through kind of the sharing aspect with social, especially again, because we've kind of scaled back a little bit on um, kind of what's appropriate to be um, kind of pushing out in our social advocacy space. But um, it's a powerful tool <laughs> and uh, we, we definitely, we could have gotten there in the past. It would have taken a pretty major effort. And, and thinking back, that's kind of a good segue to, to my next question. Thinking back that you said how you had to evolve like your Earth Day plans. And I'm sure there's all kinds of other or whether company or community related things that, that organization communicators have had to respond to. Probably your thoughts around what Climate Zone was going to be when you were going through the planning stages probably ended up being very different than what it was in March. 
So have there been any surprises that you've seen from either how employees are using or benefiting from Climate Zone that you maybe didn't expect early on? Honestly, you know, I think we knew this was going to connect people. And by connecting people, I think we were thinking about that maybe even a little shallow on like, oh, they're going to get information they never did get before. They're going to be digitally connected. I think the depth of this is that now they're emotionally connected. Um, you know, at a time where that, that sort of empathetic um, kind of community is needed more than ever. We had created a channel for day one called the Uplift Channel. You know, the team from Social Chorus gave us great guidance and examples of other um, clients and companies that have had open channels, you know, very much recognition, kind of Bravo-based um, content. For us, Uplift, um, Uplift is actually a visual and um, kind of essence symbol in our new brand identity, where our A in our name is, you know, the shape of an, uh, kind of a pointing up uplift. So it's meant to reflect kind of what, you know, we're capable of as we uplift each other and uplift the world and, you know, really take on some pretty major challenges around sustainability. So we asked everyone to use the uplift channel right out of the gate to share their photos of uplift, whether it was an architectural look at an uplift that they see in the world, you know, sometimes they occur in nature, right? Sometimes it was people doing things um, or just things that were uplifting to them. We had over 1400 posts coming out of that channel. So talk about employee source content. There was a lot um, and it was great. But then it has shifted, right? It has shifted into people uplifting each other, talking about what they're doing to stay positive in this <laughs> pretty difficult time. Um, and I, I, it hasn't really kind of fully formed yet, but I can tell there's this little kind of community being built there. And then I, um, you know, there's, we've had someone even posting some recipes and, you know, you're, you're a little bit like, mm, is that really kind of core? But it's what, is important to them and people are reacting to it and that's a personality um that you know we don't want to suppress so mm -hmm. um i think that's maybe been a little bit of a surprise and kind of take the, the communications control freaks we all know we are um have to kind of step back a little bit and let that happen organically because that's where really the i think the power is yeah i think that can be a little scary sometimes when we see or we find out what's important to other people that as communicators, we thought we knew what was important to them. Mm -hmm. And maybe in that case, it is that employee who's sharing a recipe or that family photo. Because then what I see is other employees rallying around that and responding to it. And it's yeah. giving them permission to be themselves. We're often, and people that listen to this all the time here, and we say it, all of our employees are used to just receiving communications, they've never had the opportunity to participate uh -huh. in it. And some still take a back seat, but others take advantage of that and want to share because in their personal lives, they're used to sharing what matters to them. Mm -hmm. Now, we talked about that from a employee standpoint. What about as a communicator, being the one, meeting that control freak that you talked about? <laughs> how has having Climate Zone in place meant to you? Our team was suffering, not even silently. I would say we were pretty vocal <laughs> about um, kind of the lack of 
really powerful and efficient and effective tools. Um, you know, I came from a previous role where I had done um, digital technology and digital communication. So I've had the benefit of seeing kind of where investments can take you <laughs> with having, you know, really the right, um, the tools available. Um, you know, we as a team are also trying to think more like content marketers and, you know, you know, the data and the analytics are so important when it comes to kind of what's working. Um, if you're really thinking like a, a marketer. So there was a lot of, um, you know, kind of angst, I would say in the last year in particular, as people were kind of raising up that, like this technology is unsustainable. It, it is just difficult to work with, you know, posting in something as simple as a video just took miles of time. And um, so our transformation as train technologies was a great opportunity for us to say now or never. We've got mm -hmm. technology in our name. We need to get out there and kind of like be ahead of this. So um, we were fortunate to kind of get that nod and be able to put that in place. And um, just, you know, last night I pushed out a video from our CEO, um, ran an analytics report, and then we pushed out an e-newsletter um, kind of recapping the most important news of the week, um, including that video from our CEO and did it and just, you know, it, I won't say instantaneously because we still have to sit and think about good positioning and good context for all of these things, but really fast, really easily. Um, so I, I, I'm hearing great things from our team, um, as communicators, we are, we still have a ways to go to learn kind of how to think and behave and, and treat communications differently, um, both in format, in campaigns, right? We don't normally think about kind of technology and digital campaigns, um, cause we didn't really have that that sort of capability. So we're, when we, whenever the, the kind of most immediate crisis piece ends, I think we'll regroup, see what we learned, see what we really liked, what we want to do more of, um, and really do some deeper analysis, probably work with our workforce analytics team, as well as the social chorus team to get back into metrics and measurement and set some goals for ourselves. <laughs> Um, you know, so that we are tracking toward a trajectory that we've set. Yeah, I loved hearing you mention that you're looking at it from a marketer standpoint, because with all the various channels and endpoints and metrics, you can see what's working or not. And I've seen people start to think, okay, how can we write better headlines? How can we write better stories? How can we uh, not not from a clickbaity standpoint, but get people excited about the content that's that's mm -hmm. going in there. So that's that's great to hear that you and your team have embraced that. Yeah, I think it's going to be important, and even in the social advocacy space, and like, what did it employees want to tell about who they are at this company? It's not what, what we want them to tell. So that's going to be really interesting as we work through kind of our social content um, and and determining kind of what speaks to them to speak on our behalf. And um, I'm not sure it's gonna be what we would think necessarily. So there's gonna be some good evaluation opportunity there. And the great part about that is the data and metrics will also not just tell you the what they like sharing, 
but you will find surprising audiences of the who, the people that you never thought before would be big content sharers, in fact, are content mm -hmm. sharers. I think that's great. Well, Susan, thank you for taking the time during this very busy area uh, of our lives. But I did want to take it back personal to you. I want to find out how are you and the people you care about doing uh, during this crisis? I appreciate that, Chuck. Um, you know, we, uh, it's hard to sit kind of on the day-to-day -day front lines. I, I posted to the Uplift channel today a piece of content that was just for pure levity that was basically nobody knows what day of the week it is. You don't know how many days are in the month. I mean, not even sure quite what year it is. Um, so, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of stay grounded, but also in tune and sensitive to everything that's going on. So I'm very fortunate. I have, um, uh, you know, two boys who are age six and, and 10, who are in a way blissfully unaware of um, kind of the, re the full reality of this. You know, for them, their reality is, I'm not going to school every day. Mom and dad are trying to teach me stuff. What, what's that all about? <laughs> um, <laughs> we're not, we are not pros there. We will not be homeschooling. We will not be that family, I guarantee you. Um, but they're doing great. We live in Charlotte, North Carolina. So spring has been here for a while, along with the pollen, but it's allowed us to be out. Um, you know, we're in a neighborhood where we're able to be sort of separated and distant, but still out. We've got a lot of DIY work that we've like kind of tossed ourselves in. I need like good hardcore labor sometimes just to kind of get my mind off of the work piece. Um, so we're, we're doing really well. Everybody's healthy. Um, my family's done Zoom meetings like this now. We've had three birthdays already in this phase with my, my immediate family. We'll have another, my own soon. <laughs> so we're, we're kind of working through it. Um, so I, I think um, for me personally, the hardest thing is that I'm a kind of run to the run to the fire, run to the rescue type of personality. Um, and so not being able to kind of help people very directly is difficult. So just, you know, trying to think about the little ways um, that I can contribute, um, you know, certainly helping our employees understand the resources that are available to them as they're dealing with this, um, you know, as a part of that. But, you know, I'm just used to being out kind of on the front lines, you know, um, and not able to do that. Well, it's been great to, to hear your story, hear the success of Climate Zone. Thank you for all the work you've done getting it here. Uh, I don't know that probably you'll ever hear the true appreciation from employees of what it's meant to have this available to them, either to receive updates from the business or to share what's on their mind. Uh, so again, thank you for taking the time and enjoy that glass of peanut butter whiskey. <laughs> You'll have to look it up. It's called Screwball. It's a good name. <laughs> Thank you, Susan. Thank you, Chuck. If you enjoyed what you heard from this episode and want to check out others, find Culture Comes and Cocktails on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. And when you do, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. This has been Culture Comms and Cocktails, internal comms served straight up. Thanks for listening.